God's not dead. We the people. It's been a couple of years since the people have heard our heard our voices, so we may want to um, reintroduce ourselves. I'm Ben, and this is Sai, my co-host, and we are uh, the Dreams of a Better Day podcast. If you haven't joined us before, you know what we do is watch old Christian movies, or also new ones, because the God's Not Dead series is thriving and alive. I think there's, there's another one coming one on out. Way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we watch these movies and just talk about them um, and explore what makes them good or bad, and more often than not, it's bad, and why, and just enjoy reliving the sort of the sort of movies we grew up on. Yeah, and God's Not Dead. It's a pretty popular series of movies. I don't. I mean, I remember the first one came out. It was in theaters. I remember it was huge. Uh, I think. Yeah, like the the Christian school I taught at at one time, like the. I think the whole high school went on a field trip to go see it in theaters. <laughs> I think I think it was ninth through twelfth grade, so it was like nice. hundred kids piled onto buses so that they could go and watch nice. it. Yeah, so it was like a cultural phenomenon, especially because the first one. What's the the musical group that was in the uh, the, the Newsboys? Yeah, the Newsboys were in it. They were in and, the second one too, actually. Yeah, and the the major like plot device and i think all four of them is like some kind of like courtroom drama or yeah so the first one is um professor radisson old man radisson challenges anybody in his class to um well no he tells everybody to write god is dead on their their paper or whatever that's right it's an intro philosophy class and he disregards all philosophy up to what like the 60s or 70s yeah the the up until the like enlightenment period um but josh wheaton the star of the first movie says i refuse and also give me you know half of the class to present my case and old man radisson is like okay and so the it is kind of a a courtroom job drama at that point where Mm -hmm. make his case that god does exist and old man yes make his case and then this yep and then the second one uh, is centered centered around a teacher who gets in trouble in school for making some oh, very right. mild religious remark, and so yeah. they basically have a courtroom trial. Yes, so, like God's on trial, pretty much, if I remember, or the I, legitimacy I, of the Bible, or something, something like that. I don't know. The, um, and then the third one. The third one is a similar thing. I think the church. Well, no, if, in- if you remember, the third one was the one where it felt like they realized how ridiculous the first two were. And they went back on a lot of things like uh, it had the church kind of repenting of a lot of their failings and, and like the way they had treated people and things like that. Do you remember this? I think I My, do remember this. Yeah. Yeah. I think the been, third I mean, one. It's been the years third since one, we watched it. Yeah. The third one's the one I remember the least. But yeah. All that to say, this fourth one, fourth installment in the series, is centered around like the same idea. But the stakes are raised because instead of you went from a classroom debate 
to a courtroom drama. And now we have a congressional hearing that's being televised. And the the issue that's at stake is homeschooling in this one. All of these are set in the state of Arkansas, which surprises me that Arkansas would. I don't. They always uh, yeah, it's, more it's, conservative than some other states when it comes to. Know, yeah, I don't. Know, I don't know about Arkansas. Yeah, I don't know They're much about it either. Um, yeah, it's it's funny you say the stakes are raised because while the um, the situation stakes are raised, you know, you've got college classroom to congressional hearing. The stakes are extremely lower. Like the first movie is, does God exist? Yeah. This one is, should you be able to homeschool your kids? That's that's true. <laughs> that is true. It's like they 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 kind of tackled the top issue in the first movie, and uh, you know then they did the reliability of the Bible. Yeah. Easter Bowl, and then the third movie was weird. It it kind of felt like a. Like, um. They realized that they had made kind of propaganda movies, and so they kind of wanted to go back on that a little bit and try to tell like a real story. And then this movie, they just went straight back into propaganda. (laughs) This is, yeah, purely – if you go to the Wikipedia page uh, for this movie in the See Also uh, tab, (laughs) it's Religious Education, Homeschooling. And Christian persecution complex. Those are the three <laughs> Wikipedia articles that are linked. Uh, and so it, the movie opens up with a speech and like of like a, a video of a speech given by Ronald Reagan. I think it was about freedom. I can't remember what exactly. Yeah, the, it was about but, freedom. I mean, every speech by Ronald Reagan is really about freedom when it comes down to it. Yep, that uh, is true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so before before we describe the movie, I need to say. Real quickly, just to get it out of the way, I am 100% on board with this movie's topic. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a more more extreme than the people in this movie. <laughs> on this topic, <laughs> you don't think they went far enough? No, yeah, they didn't. But anyway, now we can get into the movie. Yeah, so it opens up with a Ronald Reagan speech, and after the speech, we're, we're, we we meet the family in question who. Out of their home, they operate a homeschooling co-op through this the church that what's the guy's name? Pastor Dave. David Hill. Okay, yeah, okay. Like that. The same David. pastor, yeah, the yeah, same pastor, the same movies. church from all the movies. And they started a, a homeschool co-op. There's a few kids in it, and it opens with a pretty uh, standard. The dad's late for work, like frantic breakfast scene. But mm-hmm. the dad, whoever this actor is, looks. <laughs> exactly like Jeff Probst, the survivor host, like com- completely <laughs> like exactly like him. down to the dimples. I think you said like his whole, <laughs> yeah. everything, his entire facial structure is the same. The yeah, only so, difference is that he has longer hair. Yeah. Or at least it, it's styled. And he's even like wearing uh, his, clo- his shirts always like a light blue color, yeah. just like Jeff Probst. <laughs> And so we kind of get to know this family. They're running this homeschool co-op. And at the beginning of the movie, Pastor Dave comes to the home to help the co-op with their Bible uh, class curriculum. And he's teaching the kids stories from the Bible. And then during this part, they get a knock on the door. And there is like a child welfare. Yeah. Yeah. An agent of the state comes to their home, knocks on the door, and then decides that 
they're going to just observe what's going on in this homeschool co-op. And then they, if this ever happens to you, you tell them, no, come back with a warrant. Do not let them in your home. No, absolutely (laughs) not. And she's this, this social worker is a real nurse ratchet type. Like she's Mm -hmm. very tightly wound and and her whole vibe is like evil. Like she, (laughs) I love, um, one of the kids asks her if she's Miss or Mrs. And she says she identifies as, uh, what is it? Uh, basically that she's married to herself. She's self-partnered. Oh, yeah, she identifies <laughs> as self-partnered. But she, this is, goes along with, the, uh, this movie's propaganda. I mean, right, yeah. it's uh, yeah. pure yeah. propaganda. Yeah. And she... She goes, she identifies as uh, self-partnered and she's just presented as somebody that works for the state because they love to like antagonize. <laughs> I mean, you, you probably Which, have lots of, you probably, say, those people probably exist. <laughs> or, yes, no doubt. But like with the, especially people professions like social work, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's just this is sort of how with the kinds of people that made this movie do present like yeah. public servants. The bureaucracy is usually out of hand and I would sometimes evil. Yeah. But they at every level, they just present. Like, yeah. One's just on the same like vein. This, this, of the same evil wavelength. <laughs> yeah. It's like old man Radisson in the first movie. You know, he's just your philosophy professor in some public college and is like, not, not only is he, you know, an atheist, but he's like the, the entire atheist system is he's on board with it. And like selling the, the highest levels of atheism. If, if yeah. atheism was like a pyramid scheme, this dude's near the top. <laughs> yeah. He drives a Corvette too. Yeah. Um, um but, but yeah, in a lot of in a lot of real life situations like this, the person on the ground who is doing this job probably isn't in, you know, deep in the inner circles of the deep you know, state. Yeah, right. The, the bureaucracy. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to quickly become a conspiracy theorist <laughs> podcast. I, I need you to know that about this topic. But um but throughout the conversation she has, she keeps saying because the pastor's teaching from Noah's Ark, and she keeps talking about like the the Noah myth, and mm-hmm. she, like she's very very clearly antagonistic toward what they're trying to do, and so she sends into a judge that this homeschool co-op is not meeting the requirements of the the Common Core, that they're not meeting state standards for education, and so they have to go before a judge. And they have to, you know, get they're basically told, send your kids to public school or change your curriculum, send your kids to public school or you're going to get fined a thousand dollars a day. And then you'll be in contempt of court and you'll go to jail. Which I think when it comes to truancy, I think that actually that is pretty much the M.O. If parents are that how it works. Yeah. And so. What's interesting about this, the Jeff Probst and his family are really concerned about are really concerned about this issue. They never consult a lawyer. 
Oh yeah, you know never. What? That's- <laughs> they never once call a lawyer to help them. They, I mean, they have. I mean, Pastor Dave's a very intelligent person, but yeah, he's, he's like, been to court. Yeah, and, you know, God's not dead too. He knows. He knows what he's been around the the um, the block a few times when it comes to yeah. this deal. But they are opting at every level to just represent themselves throughout the whole yeah, process. That, that's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. That's a huge (laughs) plot hole. And obviously, for the sake of the the story is much more exciting because they're able to overcome this obstacle on their own. But yeah, also, it would have been a very boring movie because it would have been over in 10 minutes. Yeah, because this issue, like there are a lot of lawyers that would love to take up a case like that. Yeah, even pro bono, maybe because like the the whole premise is pretty wild because like there's. There's a lot of resources that would have to go into really monitoring like school homeschooling co-ops and stuff yeah. like that. And considering the the other problems that like social services has to deal with, I I don't know. The whole premise is just wild. The evil social yeah. services shows up at the house and I don't th- I think this movie you maybe could classify it as like dystopian. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about that where it's it's almost like it's set, you know, 30 years into the future where it's like right before the rapture happens and the the government is starting to crack down on the Christians but hasn't like gone totally, you know, the antichrist hasn't shown up yet, but there these things have started to crack down. Yeah, they and, should have given that social worker like an armband of some sort. Is like in Thief in the Night, they all have like yeah, that's night right. patches on there. Yeah, but the 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 unite people. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, that's a really good point, because like I I was thinking about that. I was, you know, I was homeschooled the whole way through Mm. and we never had an inspector show up like we did yearly evaluations. But the evaluator we had was also a homeschooling person who would just come in, look at like the stuff we did throughout the year. And I think they were. they were like state certified or something like that, but they weren't, they didn't work for the state. So they, they had like a teaching credential. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and so they would come and it happened once a year. They would just look through our book of like what we did for that year and then sign off on it. Um, And that was kind of what we had to do. But so we never had like surprise inspections and I would be, I would be pretty surprised if right now any, any state has that. Like where you yeah, can just show up and inspect the homeschool. Yeah, um, I, that, I would there's just really no impressed. resources for that kind of at least in the U.S. oversight. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, having said that, I can certainly see that happening at some point. Like where they're just like, you can't do this. Um, but it's like they said in the movie, man. In uh, Germany, they just outlawed homeschooling. Yeah, right. It, it, could, it could happen here. It could happen here. Oh. We shouldn't have watched a movie that I have such strong opinions about. (laughs) Well, you can take this conversation anywhere you want. I'm here for it. Great minds battling it out. And I got a front row seat. Um, So they're in this predicament of having – there's this legal battle about homeschooling. And the judge tells them you have 10 days or else you start paying a fine. You'll be in contempt of court. And then – after that, there's some side plots in this movie because the son of the family that's being antagonized by the deep state is also 
he buys a car from a this a girl who's the daughter of the judge. And you can tell he's clearly attracted to the girl because he like trips and falls onto the like flat on his face on the ground like three times in the scene. Yeah. Three separate times. Yeah. He's very clumsy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, he meets the girl and we don't find out right away that her mom is the judge, but he meets this girl and, you know, it's funny, this movie had a couple of plot lines, like subplots that I thought were going to happen, and then nothing came of them. And one of them was, it seemed like in the opening scene when the, the homeschooling is happening, you had the older son kind of sitting off from, like, the homeschooling, and he kind of even looks over at it a couple of times. And I thought what they were going to do is have him sort of be in rebellion against, you know, his parents or, the, like, homeschooling as an idea or whatever – And then I thought what was going to happen is he was going to meet this girl who goes to public school whose mom is like, you know, the judge and he falls for her. And now he's got this conflict where he's like, you know, my family is fighting against the state for their rights. My girlfriend's mom is the one fighting against my parents. I don't like homeschooling and I think it's, you know, I don't, don't like the life I have and I want this other kind of life, but it's my family versus the state and there's all these personal conflicts wrapped up in it. But none of that happened. He just he he's like actually pro homeschooling as well. And when he meets the girl and has lunch with her, he's like, "Yeah, homeschooling's awesome." Uh, which I I felt like that could have been a really good subplot, but they did nothing with it. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like yeah, they have all these subplots, or that one particular was like no tension in it, just a little mm-hmm. bit between that girl and the mom who's a judge. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think. They have a lot of flashback scenes in this movie of scenes from the previous God's Not Dead, because when Pastor Dave is feeling like the pressure of fighting against the deep state is too much for him, he uh, it thinks back to all the other things that he's overcome in the yeah. other movies. And then eventually and they, they even bring back a lot of characters, too. We don't get Josh Whedon from the first movie, but we do get um the Muslim girl who converted to Aisha. Aisha. What's the Chinese guy's name? Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they both convert to Christianity in the first movie, and both are abandoned by their parents because of it. And um, so they come back in this movie and are just kind of they're kind of like side characters. Martin's along for the ride to Washington D.C. when which we didn't get to this part yet, but when they go to Washington D.C. And Aisha is kind of disconnected from the rest of the movie, except except that she talks to Martin at the very beginning. But she's yeah. not involved in any of the because it was a, she was a huge plot point in the first one. Yeah, but then it's almost like they included her because people who like these movies were asking, "What about <laughs> what happened to Aisha?" Family? Yeah, yeah, because it she's not in any of the other movies, is she? I'm gonna look at. I don't while we're talking. I don't think she is and in this in this movie like her and her dad don't relate to the like the main no yeah at all except except that she's talking to martin in the very first scene of like when they're introduced and then at the end of the movie he talks to one of the parents kids oh that's yeah but those are the only connections between those two plots like they're not they're not connected at all 
Yeah, I I don't know. I, if I were a Batman, I would say they probably just included that because people were curious about what happened with her family because it's wild. She gets into this because it's not really connected to the rest of the movie. Like in the middle of the movie or like the last third, she gets in this – she gets T-boned by a huge truck. Yeah. Which sends her to the hospital and then that leads her dad to – does he convert? It's very unclear uh, he's at he least obvious, more curious than he was. Yeah, he obviously has like kind of a, an awakening, like a religious awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not clear that he's if he's become a Christian or, or not. And I think, um, you know, having seen enough of the God's Not Dead series of movies, that probably they they wanted to avoid having the overt conversion scene because they've done it. They did it in the first movie. I can't remember if they did it in the second movie. I don't think they did it in the third movie. I think they like try to avoid that. Um, at least that's that's my theory. But this um, so, one, they just went back to their roots. Yeah, except that they they didn't have any conversion scenes in this movie. Assuming that the, the that is the true. Yeah, it was more subtle. It did. Yeah. There's a little more subtext in this one, I guess, than there are in some of the other ones. And, just a yeah, little and, bit. Most of very, most very of it is just yeah, and disconnected I, from the main story. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to accuse this movie of having excess subtext. Um, yeah, in fact, and we can talk about that side plot too. But the best parts of this movie were the side that side plot. Like those were the only scenes where you actually felt like there was something good. Oh yeah, the actor that plays that dad has chops. Yeah, he's good. A lot like- of. The the church scene reminded me of it reminded me of the apostle when Robert yeah. Duvall's praying, and it which the fact that I'm even comparing God's yeah. <laughs> to the apostle is a travesty. I shouldn't have done, but that and then um, the scene in the West Wing when after what's her name dies, oh yeah, and he's in the church and like crying out to God. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of those two scenes. Uh, this is landing him. Um, but yeah, so what I was saying that that those scenes were the the best scenes in the movie, and they had nothing to do with the main plot. Oh yeah, I I completely agree. And the the movie itself, it's just kind of it's we you know like we said, the stakes get lower, the plot move. The movie actually has decent pacing i didn't feel like it is as much of a slog as some of these well it is only an hour and a half long too. yeah that is true <laughs> it was yeah, maybe it was a long hour and a half but it's it's just filled with like dramatic moments of people making big proclamations and dramatic monologues about everything that's wrong with the school system and with like what rights that the citizens of the U.S. have. I mean, you know, the subtitle of the movie is We the People. And so every opportunity they get, they have any character speaking their uh, just their diet. They all have diatribes about what it means to be American and what's the problem with the public education system is there's one character who goes along with the family to Washington and she gives this really impassioned speech about, I'm not sending my kid to school. He'll be, he'll get an individual education plan and then he won't be challenged. And base all those talking points about the school system are just these characters give, deliver these monologues about them, like just all, explicit yeah. talking points yeah and, it, i mean it is it is pure propaganda 
Like, um, it reminded me of the end of Gramps Goes to College when all of the kids are in the college classroom and they stand up and are literally like, read- well, are they reading off of cards or are they looking at cue cards? I can't remember. No, but they're the, literally reading off of cards they, yeah, in that yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're literally reading quotes off of cards, and that's what this entire movie basically is. It's people like the the writer of the movie just got a bunch of quotes from like the founding fathers or some you know figure. It's like here, just read this. And oh yeah, yeah. It, like when they arrive in Washington, there's a voiceover montage where they visit the Lincoln Memorial, and Pastor Dave is just re- he reads the he entire reads the Gettysburg, right Gettysburg address. address. <laughs> and that's that, which no, and the what entire does that have to. There's I, it's it, the whole the whole movie is about well it's because one of the evil congressmen who is on the committee uh, to hear about like homeschooling. He says at the beginning of the movie that unity in this country is a myth. And so a lot of the things that – especially with yeah. the Gettysburg Address, it's just all – Oh, right. Cause it doesn't, I think that's kind of the writer's way of like proving that guy wrong. It's like, OK, yeah. you can say that. But have you ever heard the Gettysburg Address? Maybe you've heard of a little guy named Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> um, there's – one of the things I mentioned when the when we were watching it is that one of the funny things about movies like this is people who make these kinds of movies love America, love America. That's like one of their pillars of their, you know, like worldview is America is great and good. But the other one is we're being persecuted by America. And so there's this conflict when they tell these stories of America's great. But also America is like cracking down on the Christians. And so I think some of those scenes are like their way of sort of like looking back to here, here, the the greatness of America, which it still holds on to and can hold on to. But it's not in this particular situation where I'm being attacked by the government. Yeah. So I think they're I think they're trying to like hold those two tensions, you know, uh, together, which is why I think we get, you know, like the. Washington Monument and the, the Washington Monument is in so many shots in this movie. Very prominent. It's, I wonder there. if they went on a church trip to Washington D.C. and like just filmed a lot of this stuff, or if oh. this is just stock footage. Well, no, they're in some scenes where I think the best shot of the movie is when Pastor Dave and Martin are walking next to the Vietnam Memorial and they're reflected in that, mm. and between yeah. them, the Washington Monument is framed. Yeah, I think that's like the best like visual technical shot. But the Washington Monument, whatever opportunity that they got to have it in the shot, they I I mean, you're Washington, D.C. too. So anywhere you are, I'm sure you can turn and Mm -hmm. find it. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. But so now that I'm thinking about it, they definitely did go to D.C. to film this because there are scenes with the characters in like specific spots outside in Washington, D.C. It's not just like, yeah, stock. And I I wonder I wonder if they specifically decided to use D.C. as a setting just because of the imagery, because I like none of the all the other uh, all the other movies in the franchise are like local. Yeah. Right? But then this one is like DC. I, I'm wondering because of how heavy the 
propaganda is in this one if they wanted just the imagery of that city. So they they yeah. might have concocted the plot around having that imagery in the movie, knowing these yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think another possibility is that um, like we were talking about the the stakes keep getting higher and higher. So like God's not dead five. It's going to be a UN council meeting. Like, yeah, you know, right. like where do you go from here? <laughs> then they'll go to the world economic forum. <laughs> okay. Actually, I want to see that. God's not dead. Oh, I, yeah. Pastor David Hill breaks into the WEF meeting. And that w- it would be perfect for God's not dead six too. It'll be uh, like yeah. the end times type thing where they go. God, God's the not economic. dead six, six, six. Yeah. <laughs> And what, what's the guy's name who's in charge of the World Economic Forum? Uh, Sh- like that? No, Klaus uh, Schwab. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't Davos. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's he's like the the villain of the movie. Oh man, God, God's not dead. Six is gonna be it's gonna be a good one. Um, but yeah, like what what do you do? You've had the you've had the college classroom. You've had the the court case. You've had the the like local political unrest because remember in the third mm-hmm. there's like a riot. He and, goes to jail, I think, in yeah. that one too, doesn't he? Yeah, Pastor and, Dave does. Yeah, and doesn't the church burn down or something? Like somebody sets it, sets it on fire. Yeah, because they it, it was something about the church had to adhere to university standards because, because, because it, was it was located on the campus. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now yeah. coming back. It's been like so, three years since we. Well, I know since we did this. Um, and where were we? Oh, they're they're just in D.C. Lots yeah. of no, we haven't even gotten to them going to D.C. yet. Uh, they they go to before the judge. The judge tells them do that or you get fined. And then the pastor gets a call from like a congressman who we didn't talk about this yet, did we? No, oh, no, 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 our, no, yeah, okay. The pastor gets a call from a congressman. Who's like, hey, they're having this hearing about, which I was kind of unclear on what the hearing was actually about, but it seemed like it was about public schooling and homeschooling. And were they like, were they working on a new law or like, I I didn't quite understand what that meeting was. I didn't either. Later in the movie, they present it as just like a regular like boilerplate type hearing, but I'm not, I don't know. I, it's probably... It's possible we missed it, but it's also possible it's kind of just a, <laughs> yeah. I like a plot hole or not. Yeah, because it seemed like the meeting was either completely inconsequential and wasn't actually doing anything, but it was just like one of those come before your congressman and be heard type meetings. Yeah. Or that on the basis of this meeting, these people were going to actually make a ruling, which they weren't judges. So I don't know how that could be. And they've specifically tell us they're not judges. Yeah. And, um, that like you can't just enact a law by decision. Like you need, you know, somebody's got to vote on it like in the Congress or in the, uh, the Senate or the House of Representatives, like they have to pass this law. So they're not making a law. Like, I don't understand what this meeting was about. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. It was it's just a vehicle to have a lot of dramatic. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I, mean, I know what it's about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in the in the context of the movie. 
I'm not sure what it was about. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. But but yeah, so they they go to Washington D.C. and um, they, the the second half of the movie is really just them testifying to this community. It's I at least like the last is it the last forty minutes at least. Yes, because I said uh, as they were walking in, I was like, well, there's forty minutes left in this movie, yeah. so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the hearing that they go to. Uh, you know, about homeschooling, public schooling, every liberal member of the committee is like, again, speaking, talking points. At one point, there's this actress that vaguely resembled Nancy Pelosi, I think, like, kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, yeah. uh, she makes the statement, I think it was her, that the children belong to all of us. Yeah. And yeah. speaking in all those. Uh, well, I know that people have actually said stuff like that. I, yeah. I'm on Twitter, but <laughs> there's also like the just just like the protagonists of the movie. Yeah. The antagonists are also just speaking in evil platitudes <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, there, there, there's no human characters in this movie, except Aisha and her dad. Yeah. And they, the, which is totally unrelated to the overall plot the, of the movie, but, but they the, managed the main, to actually. <laughs> the main have. characters are literally just archetypes. Like you've got the pastor archetype. You've got the, the evil government uh, worker but there, archetype. Yeah, but there's enough movies at this point. They're just archetypes within the God, like God's Not Dead <laughs> franchise. Like it's the fourth <laughs> one. So they've created their own. The, the the guy who is like the the chairman of the committee he's the old man Radisson architect like, oh yeah no <laughs> doubt that's funny that's yeah. funny and so while they're in Washington at the he, these hearings uh, Kayla who's uh, interested in the homeschool family son who he bought the car from she confronts her mom because she realizes that her mom's the judge who is overseeing this truancy case. And so she confronts her mom and is trying to change her mom's mind about the issue. And as the hearing is taking place in Washington, there's also that Kayla at one point makes a case to her, makes like a court argument to her. This is how they communicate. She also says in the movie, I've been doing mock trials with my mom since I was a little kid. Could you imagine no, I can't. It's like, like like if you're that's like if your parents a teacher like playing classroom all the time at home. Your parents so, are cop. Yeah, it's just playing they arrest you. all the time. Yeah, right. Um, but but yeah, has this? I, what was the core of her argument to her mom? And it it does change the judge's mind. Yeah, the the core of the argument is that um it. I may, I think I might have missed the first half of it, but the second half of it is that um, she, the the argument she's addressing is that homeschooling creates antisocial people who are not like not antisocial and like they don't like hanging around people, but antisocial in the sense that like they don't become functioning good members of society. Mm. And she responds to that argument by being like, "Well, Christians are the most charitable people," um, which I think if you do look at statistics, is probably true. Uh, like as far as like donating to charities and things like that. Uh, yeah. So that's the argument she makes is that actually it doesn't make you antisocial. It makes you a, a like a good functioning member of society. I don't think yeah. she actually addresses the quality of education. No, I more just like the, 
yeah the merits of it against the right. counter argument yeah but her mom the judge says all very like textbook like I, I guess like liberal things like yeah. she says at one point the roads that homeschoolers take are paved with privilege and she also says we shouldn't teach children to be skeptical of pub- public institutions <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> oh my goodness yeah I'm about but to it's hook line like all these people that work for these institutions are like yeah i like delighted with them or they love yeah. being a part of it but that's not usually the case for people <laughs> that work for bureaucracies yeah the people who work in the bureaucracies are the people who do not believe in them <laughs> oh yeah no <laughs> doubt um yeah that that that's just side trail for a moment it's hilarious to me that the argument is that homeschoolers are privileged because they're paying twice for their education yeah first of all second uh they're usually like poor families they're not usually rich people that are homeschooling at least in the christian world i know that non-christians also are doing a lot of homeschooling but typically they have like eight kids and a single income so they're not usually the richest people right yeah they make this decision purely for the sake of their children not because it's like well we can just do this because we have so much um anyway i had to get that out but it's like well it's interesting because it's like both sides in the movie have almost like this sort of uh i don't know if persecution complex is the right mm-hmm. word but like the people yeah. on the like the the good guys or the protagonists in this movie's kind of or it's just presenting us with this situation that is maybe possible at some point but currently has not yeah. happened <clears throat> like the the supreme court hasn't has only seen like one homeschooling case ever is my understanding oh really I, it was like back in the my, 70s. My sense is that right now, just because of the way things are, homeschooling laws have been getting better. In fact. Yeah, because a lot of people are moving in that direction. Right, because um, of like COVID and stuff like that. So, I mean, we're not, we're definitely not where this movie portrays us being, however. Yeah. Uh, and the, the people on the left side of things in the movie are all assuming that like the people homeschooling are like that word privilege is invoked and that they're somehow these like elitist subversive elements. Yeah. yeah. That they're, yeah. they're somehow like a menace to society. It's also, <laughs> everybody's just like, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, every, everything is a caricature from yeah. the, the setting, the, the Washington imagery, everything yeah. that everybody says is just some kind of, either liberal or conservative uh, platitude or talking point. Have you ever uh, seen, um, there's a Twitter account. It's called like the didn't happen of the year awards or something like that, where it, they take posts people have made on like Twitter or Facebook of these ridiculous situations and people vote on, you know, whether like which is the best didn't happen of the year oh. because these are obviously things that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and half of the stories, I'm trying to find one real quick just to to describe what it what it goes like. But usually it, it ends up with a person in a public situation um, who sees someone doing something that's like socially unacceptable or weird or just dumb, and this person confronts them 
in that situation. And then everybody around them like claps and applauds what they've done. And that's what this movie is like that. It's somebody wanted to make a post like that, but they had enough money to make a movie out of it. And so (laughs) at the end, you know, David Hill, Owen Wilson gives his rousing speech about we, the people and what happens, everybody in the room Standing ovation. Yeah. Like this guy with frosted tips is <laughs> a god amongst men. Yeah, it is. I I think it's something in the the boomer mindset. I, I hate to. It, it is. But who, it's wrote, like, who wrote this movie? I'd be uh, curious to know just like. I'm sure he was involved in it. Uh, but, there, you know, the, the, the boomer mindset is that. Uh, Um, like they have this this deep element of wisdom that they're going to share with the world and everybody's going to applaud them for it and love it. And that's kind of what happens in this movie. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah, they listen to like the political radio and think that the person is just talking to them. So the information <laughs> they have is like a no revelation. Yeah. <laughs> or they've, they've watched like, <clears throat> they watched Mr. Smith goes to Washington. They watched, um, you know, what's another a movie like that where there's a big, they watched, what is it? Um, the one with, uh, Oh, not Tom Hanks. Um, comedian, Jim Carrey, uh, the majestic. Did you ever oh, see that movie? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. He yeah. loses his memory. Um, yeah. And then at the end, he goes to give this speech before Congress because they think he's a communist and he like pulls out the Constitution and starts reading from it. Like they yeah. saw movies like that and they were like, we can do this. Um, <laughs> yeah, because the the they're about to make a ruling and they give Pastor Dave his like five last minutes. Yeah. And man, he brings the house down. And it's kind of like what the what's funny is. The movie, all the things that were in his grand final speech were all things that had been discussed the entire movie. They were yeah. just spoken more loudly. So <laughs> yeah, that, with more passion. Kind of, right, yeah. <laughs> so it was almost – it's set up like a – I don't know. If you're you're teaching like kids how to write, you show them the standard five-paragraph formula that they have to use. And it's like introduce your points and then give your body paragraphs and then conclude by recapping what was – yeah, it, and it's just it's just like that where they fo- follow that formula where they have the Reagan speech as their hook to get everybody's attention. <laughs> they move through all the talking. Oh man, you're right. The movie, you're and right. then at the end they recap everything, but it's like they typed it at but all. But in caps. a really good conclusion, yeah, yeah like yeah. a strong concluding paragraph. Yeah. And then it's, it's basically dramatic. basically when um, you're learning some writing, they say you know tell them what you're going to tell them tell them and then tell them what you've told them. And that's the structure of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it is truly. And, but at the end, everybody gives that standing ovation. And then there's a quick snippet of a Ronald Reagan speech again at the end. And yeah. then we see that the judge has the document in front of her, but she rips it all rips up. It up. Yeah. yeah. And that's happening like during the closing credits. Uh, so there's a couple of other things to talk about. Another one of the subplots that they sort of uh, – I thought they were going to do it, and then they didn't do it, is the one young girl who testifies at the thing in D.C. 
she has a son who's like I think he's like autistic or something. Like he clearly has some kind of developmental disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why she needs to homeschool him because he just wouldn't thrive in a public school situation. But multiple times they have a conversation where the the boy whose father has died in in war, I think. Um, she's he, the son is always like well, you're coming home, right? You're not going to leave me like dad did, right? And like they have that conversation like four times in the It's clear, what do they call it? The Chekhov's gun. Like you, if you see yeah, the gun, right. you got to use it at some point in the third act. But they, they set up this mom's not coming home or maybe might not be as a thing and do nothing with it. Like it's not even addressed at the end. Like there's no scene of them reuniting even at the end. It's just dropped no. completely. Yeah. That is, there, well, there are just a few things, like there were, yeah, several things, just like false premises or like false uh, setting up things that never came to fruition whatsoever. Yeah, it was very odd. Um, there was that one. I already talked about the one with the, the son but and dating that, the girl. That subplot about the kid, like the, the, the her son who has like the is on the spectrum or something yeah. she doesn't want to send him to school that is only related to the other unrelated subplot with because like that mom the only reason they include her with the son is so she can give her speech about individual education plans I, i'm pretty sure yeah and then at the end the kid meets with the uh aisha's dad aisha's dad but yeah really i don't think we needed any of that for the congressional hearing plot. No, of the yeah. It, it exists solely to, uh, well, I think probably they wanted you to be sympathetic to the case for like the, the people who are on the spectrum or whatever, and like why they need special education. Yeah, needs. that is true. Um, but it really, like the only reason that kid's in the movie is because he talks to Aisha's dad at the end who, yeah. The, the Aisha and her dad subplot is my favorite subplot in the God's Not Dead cinematic universe. Like, oh yeah, uh, and like that, the, like I said, the guy who plays him has chops. He's he's good in front yeah. of the camera. Like in the first movie, because they're only in the first movie and this movie. Um, in the first movie, she, you find out she's actually a Christian. Um, and then her younger brother, like sees her listening to a Franklin Graham sermon or something like that and turns her into her dad who kicks her out of the house. Yeah. that's. And then she, you know, she goes to the church where David Hill's the pastor. And then in this movie, like clearly her and her dad are still not speaking, uh, but they're both, they both hate that they're not speaking. Um, And they want, they want to be reunited, but there's this thing between them. She gets in the car accident. He goes to see her. And then they have like this kind of really nice reunion together at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but there's still, you know, there's still the tension of he's uh, a Muslim, I believe. Yeah. And she's a Christian and he goes to a church and like has a, an angry at God moment because her, his daughter was just like nearly killed um, and clearly has some kind of religious awakening. It's not clear if he becomes a Christian or not, but the little boy is at the church for some reason that we were not clear on, but it yeah. could be because we just missed it. <laughs> it's entirely possible. We're not, we're not, 
you know, we do these podcasts about this movie, about these movies, but that doesn't mean we're attentive when we watch the movies. No, and sometimes the movies just have plot holes, which that this also could be that. Yeah, this isn't it. Okay, I. It did seem like because the kids brought there by his babysitter to the church because you know his yeah. mom's in Washington fighting the deep state. Does she and work then, at the church? Maybe. Uh, yeah, she like a maybe. Secretary or something. Yeah, she might be. I don't know. It's just she's not there at all when the kid comes into the sanctuary to talk with the uh, Aisha's dad. Yeah. But then, the, and they're in the sanctuary for hours, and then at nighttime she just kind of walks into the sanctuary and tells him it's time to go, <laughs> time home. To go home. Yeah, it's bedtime. I don't know. There's a lot of confusion. Yeah, but the the young boy and Aisha's dad have a conversation about just family, really. Um, and you know, the, uh, I think the boy says something about how he would, he would be willing to die if his dad could come back to be with their mom, like his mom. And yeah. it's just about family and it, it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Um, it's, I mean that, that scene in the church is probably the best scene in the movie. I think. Oh yeah, no it's doubt. Uh, it felt again. like, it felt like home alone when he goes to the church and runs yeah, it did. Guy. Yeah, uh, it felt a lot like that. Um, so yeah, then the you know, Pastor David Hall has his big rousing speech at the end. Um, the crowd goes wild. Yeah, because this is just a meeting, and they're not actually doing anything. It's kind of inconsequential, like the yeah, decision. Cause he, yeah, because he ha- he right before. So they have an hour recess, and then after that, there's going to be a. They say there's a vote about something. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't know what they're voting for. But while they're uh, during that hour between sessions, Pastor Dave has a conversation with one of the evil liberal. Yeah, the chairman Benson. Yeah, the, yeah. and Chairman Benson basically tells him, "We do these all the time. Like, yeah. what do you? What did you think was going to happen?" Again, this guy loves, you know, bureaucracy and he yeah. just tells David, like, you never had a chance in the first place. I think place. That, that's the funny thing about the liberals in this movie. They think the system works. Yeah, right. No, yeah. no one in real life thinks the system works. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so after he has that discussion with – is it Benson? Is that the guy's name? I think so. I think it's Benson. Yeah. yeah. Good enough for me. Chairman Benson – uh, basically fuels this fire, so he goes in and gives this final impassioned speech. But what's what's funny about this is the ultimate end to the movie is when the judge rips up the, like a local judge rips up the legal document. Yeah. So it's like yeah, the, as though that makes yeah. it okay. <laughs> yeah, but also <laughs> that. Like their problem, they go to Washington, D.C. and go to this hearing and she happens to watch it on TV locally. Convinced. And so it's an entirely local problem. But they go to D.C., but all that needed to happen was they just had to talk to the judge and maybe hire a lawyer. That's it. That's all that had to happen. This, this movie could have been 10 minutes long. if they Seriously, they could have lawyer. I'm sure there's a ton of even like uh, like nonprofit organizations oh, yeah. that work with stuff like this. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure there are specifically homeschooling organizations that have lawyers for situations like this. Um, yeah. 
but but <laughs> it's, it's, right. a, it's a local problem that, that they just gets, happens it, to it, go it, to DC national, in the meantime. Yeah, it gets national coverage on like uh, you know C spec. It's called C spec in yeah. the movie, and then the local judge makes her decision that she's not going to go through with it. But they, like it's DC is pure drama. It it yeah. doesn't actually have much to do with it didn't have to have anything to do with the plot yeah they, no it really didn't and in fact um even them going to report to this chairman or this committee has nothing to do with their specific situation the congressman called him and was like hey i heard you guys were going through something do you want to come talk about homeschooling to this committee it has nothing to do with their actual situation and in fact i think that's even addressed at one point in the movie where uh, they like everything's done, and one of the women is like, "Yeah, but what about? Do we still have to obey this order?" And the guy's like, "Well, do you even understand what this meeting's about? Like, it, it's clear that this has nothing to do with the situation there." Um, and I don't think I don't I'm not a lawyer nor a judge. However, I don't. You do have a master's degree, though. I do. I don't think if you rip up a legal document. That it's no longer like a binding legal document. Like right, yeah, there's a no. copy somewhere. <laughs> Unless you oh, just yeah. filed it. Well, there's that. There's an Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where they eat a legal <laughs> document or <laughs> something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, yeah, so I don't – like, yeah, it could have all been solved locally. And it – yeah, the stakes are getting lower, but they, like, I guess raise the tension. Yeah. It's like yeah. we have this – local jurisdiction problem so we're going to go talk to congress about this um did you see that in god's not dead five the the premise is that pastor david hall hill hall the pastor is running for elected office that's, that's going to be the, a political thriller yeah that's what the story's um, about when's it when's it is it coming out soon i think it's supposed to come out this year if so it's in that, theaters yeah that, <laughs> I don't know how much for theaters these days. Probably like I'm not paying like 15 bucks to go see that. Not not to go see God. No. Um, it's supposed to come out in 2023. Okay. Well, this is exciting. A fifth installment in the franchise. Yeah. Someone um. Named, someone named Tommy Blaze wrote this movie. Tommy Blaze. Yeah. I've never. Never heard of him. We'll have to look into that though. Maybe he's written yeah. some other ones. So yeah, that that pretty much tells the the story of the movie. Yeah, I'm trying to think. We I don't think we missed any big moments or big. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of anti, uh, just every line. There's an exchange between the congressman and Pastor Dave where, Pastor, where the congressman says, "This is not hell. This is Washington." And Pastor <laughs> Dave like, says, "Was so close enough." enough. Oh, I uh, yeah. So there were two two things where I was like, "This is the most realistic part of the movie. This is the most unrealistic part." What were they? The most the most unrealistic part was the Republican congressman. I, I'm assuming he was a Republican. Yeah, yeah. He, he used a lot of Republican coded language. Oh, no doubt. He he shows up and you know tries to help them out and clearly is just a sincere person. Yeah. He's, That's he's, the most unrealistic yeah. part that there's. What is a, this a, integrity in Washington? 
Get out of here. The most real. Oh no, I just had the yeah the best the best scene the most realistic. Scene. They got the dad in the church just lamenting that his daughter got nearly killed. It was just good. Um, trying to see if I have any other things I need to talk about here. I'm not seeing anything. It's just every yeah. I've had. There's lots of scene, like specific scenes that are just like there's one where they're gathered around a statue and the the someone tells the story about this statue, the freedom statue. And yeah. there's so much of that. It's like uh, <laughs> it is. Well, they talk in the they ask the Congress uh, people at the hearing at one point. Have you ever gone on one of those guided tours? And every viewer <laughs> of the movie has been because the movie itself is like a guided tour through Washington. <laughs> yeah. We see the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Memorial. We see that freedom statue. We get the, the whole story about it. The Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, and the, I think they go to the World War II one as well. Like it's, yeah. it's and literally <laughs> a walking. The montages of all of the different stuff as they as you hear Ronald Reagan in the background. It's really, a, you know, a beautiful pro America. They probably play clips from this movie in DC on like the, the TVs in like the, <laughs> the tour rooms. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Um, oh, um, I don't know. I yeah. I there's think so many individual it. moments that all go along with this like propaganda theme. Mm. But we can move on to the guiding questions. Yeah, I think that's probably best because we we okay. could talk about each individual scene, but it it's not worth it. You know what we're talking about. That it's it's a propaganda movie. Like I agree with the conclusions of this movie, and in fact, am more extreme than the conclusions of this movie. But this is a propaganda movie. It's not a good story. It's not a good movie. Yeah, I. Oh. Well, let's start with who would you recast in this movie? <laughs> okay, okay, that's right. Um, let's see. I I had oh Jeff Probst obviously. Yeah. That's, that's he was number one on my list because that guy looks so much like him. Yeah, and I thought that the one congressman who's a Republican, Idris Elba, because he kind of looks like him a little bit. Where I'm just, you know. Yes, what I wanted at the end of the big scene where Pastor Dave just spills his guts at the hearing, I wanted him to sit down and then the dad who looks like Jeff Prost to stand up and say, the tribe has spoken. And then he cut to black. <laughs> And that's it. That's the end. That would have been great. Oh, um, since I made the Home Alone reference, let's re- recast the Spectrum Kid with Macaulay Culkin. Okay. Young Macaulay. Perfect. Yeah. Almost. Or just Macaulay Culkin now. <laughs> Actually, that might work. Yeah. Uh, do you think the movie handled its material well? No. Do you think it was necessary? The movie? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were on God's Not Dead 4 at this point. It stopped being necessary like three movies ago. <laughs> I know. They should have called this one God's Not Dead. No, seriously. <laughs> what? Did you have a favorite quote? Oh, from man. The movie? I said, I this that. is that's not hell. This good... is Washington. Yeah. It's pretty this good. Is, this is a good guiding question. I forgot about this. Um, favorite quote. I did like that we shouldn't teach children to be skeptical of public institutions. <laughs> it's all these book, line, and sinker. Yeah, that may be a good one. Or the paths of privilege one. Uh, but there there was no good, like, funny lines. Like, I remember the first God's Not Dead. You had that whole subplot with 
Pastor Hall and his Nigerian pastor friend trying to go to yeah. Disney World. Yeah, right. And there were just so many great lines in that part because it was just like a fun comedy sketch thing. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I think we're seeing Gramps Goes to College influencing because this came out after Gramps. And it it is like it's not as marvelous, but it is kind of the same thing where it's yeah. like these movies are just becoming just like people making speeches the entire time. Yeah. Every character has these nuanced, like well-articulated cases to make for something with, with quotes that they have memorized in like intertwined in their arguments. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. As Thomas Jefferson once said. Yeah. Or do you know Um, the story behind this statue? (laughs) No, I do not do tell. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't have a lot, any like favorite lines in this movie just because there's no there's no good line like no funny. I you could take a lot of lines from this movie and make memes out of them, and <laughs> I, a lot I think if you put it into like conservative social media spaces, you would they get would be a popular. lot of a lot <laughs> yeah. of traffic. Well, that's because I mean memes are basically propaganda too. Uh, yeah, right. All right. What what other questions do we have? Oh, did, did anything truly knock your socks off about this movie? When Aisha gets hit by the car, I was yeah. that that was uh, like I was like, whoa! They don't. That's what they're gonna do. Like I was I was shocked by it. I didn't think the movie was gonna go that direction. Yeah, because she was in her car. And I don't, you just think she's drive? I don't even know. Was she driving to see her dad? I, don't, I can't remember. I, don't, I can't remember. I I can't remember a lot about this movie. We, and we, liter- we literally just watched. I know, uh, but she. It just looks like she's on her way somewhere, and then you just have the headlights from the truck, and it's <laughs> it is shocking. And, then, and the yeah, and the accident, like the collision scene, shows the like they paid money for that collision scene. Yeah, they destroyed a car together. That was probably the most expensive shot of the movie. Yeah, well, that or going to Washington D.C. That's true. All that aerial footage. Or did they have? Yeah, they did have aerial footage. Yeah. The scene um, where, when they go to Comet Pizza was surprising. I didn't think they'd go that direction with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't actually go to Comet Pizza. But, um, Do you recommend this movie to anyone? Is there any people that you can think of? You'd be like, I think maybe you would you should watch this. I think I, th- there's people who I would think would like it. But I don't think they should watch it. <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. I think I feel that way about it too. I think I can think of uh, yeah, I can think of people I know who would just this like with the, the Gramps of, movie, yeah. like actually take it seriously. This is the kind of movie that is only going to be appealing to you if you already believe its message and you just want those beliefs to be like affirmed. Okay. And that that's the answer to the next question. Who do you think this movie was made for? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is, all these movies are like that. They're just yeah. they're, whoever they just want to see their, like they want to watch a movie and hear themselves talk. Yeah. It's the Gramps mindset. The, and I, this I'm, you're, you're probably, you're right. I wondered if we're going to start seeing more of that from, I, I know we have to see like some of the new Kendrick's brothers movies and, to get yeah. a feel for what the the Christian cinema is doing these days. Yeah. Got to get updated. It's evolving. 
Because this is 2021. Is that when it came out? I think so, yeah, yeah. 2020, 2021. It's definitely recent. And the next one's coming out supposedly this year. Um, but yeah, oh man, I really hope that's not the case because while Gramps Goes to College is a, a lot of fun, his other movies are such a slog. They of truly people, are. Like giving We've their watched at least points. two other of his. I yes, think. and they, they were terrible. They're. Uh, like they're not even fun to talk about. No, Gramps goes to college is his magnum opus. He'll yeah, never that, make something yeah. as great as that again. It, I don't think anyone will ever make anything as great as that again. It's the room of Christian movies. You know, you 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 bottled lightning. You're not going to be able to do it again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you rate this movie? Uh, what kind of scale are we talking about? I think that I would probably give this. Two out of ten Washington Monuments. Two out of ten Washington Monuments. I'm a, I'll probably one and a half Freedom statues. I don't remember. There's just a statue. It, yeah, there. it's just called Freedom. It's, yeah. Okay, it was called Freedom. Yeah. Oh. I here's the thing. I enjoyed when like I was at the beginning. It was like a Ronald Reagan speech. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Like it's this kind of movie. But after like 15 minutes. I was I was I was over it because yeah, like we said with the the essay structure, mm-hmm. we saw we saw the entire movie in the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and then watch it again and again and again. <laughs> uh, I wish they had made a movie about the subplot, like make a movie about Aisha and her dad and their family struggles. Okay. Yeah, a way, a way better story. That's how they always do that. They they create this plot, and then the throwaway part of the movie is like that's where <laughs> the really the part good stuff of it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like it's like the first God's Not Dead with Martin and his dad. Yeah, him converting to Christianity, and his dad I think worked for the Chinese government or something like that. Yeah, uh, and they, yeah, like they, they they they. Oh, the true tension is always like throw, <laughs> little throwaways. Yes, it's because they don't know how to write movies. Anyway, well, that's that is God's Not Dead. We the people don't waste your time on this one. I think it's the nice. the rating. Uh, yeah, just go ro- watch a Ronald Reagan speech, and yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll have seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> All I, right. Okay. I, any any last things? I, we're yeah. on Twitter at uh, is it oh, Better yeah. Day Cast. You know what? It's been so long. It is at Better Day Cast. Yeah. Okay. Which I will try to be more active on now that we're we're bringing back the show. Yeah, and uh, we we ha- there's a Better Day Cast on Instagram too, but I forgot the password, so I'm 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 working on reopening that account. So if you are curious, you could probably go follow it on Instagram, and eventually there will be new posts. <laughs> there might be new posts at some. Point. We have an email address too. Do we? It was better day podcast at, g- uh, gmail. at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. You know what we did, We haven't done is we haven't looked up. We're forgetting our own podcast format here. We haven't looked up any of the reviews of this movie on Amazon. Oh, yeah. That's not dead. Let's do that. Well, while we're here, we are professional podcasters, by the way. Yeah. For the listener. We, we did this. Speaking, speaking of the listener, since this is going to be the episode that we release – and not the Gramps one. We should talk about what's what's happened in the the two or three years since we started this podcast. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> as you know, anybody out there listening to this is aware, we have always consistently addressed the listener. That's so all. It's just we always have. We have faith yeah. in the listener. Yeah. Well, who, in, yeah, who was the the one person listening to the podcast? Like we had the listener, um, and it turns out we uh, we found out who the listener was um, because. I met a girl, how long ago now? Um, when was it? It was like just over a year ago. Yeah. Like October, yeah. November. Yeah. 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 October, November of over a year ago. Yeah. Whatever that would have been. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we started talking and, uh, I mentioned that I had a podcast with a buddy of mine from college and we reviewed bad Christian movies. And she was like, well, does it have like a, uh, she said something about the, the logo that we have, which is that really poorly Photoshopped thing I did from the, yeah. <laughs> the buttercream game. Uh, and she's like, does it have like a sun on it or something like that? And I was like, yeah, it was called dreams of better day. And here come to find out she had actually been the listener. She was the listener. Um, and so, you know, I had to marry her at that point. So I've married the listener in the, in the two year time that we've not this, been doing this podcast. This podcast changed your life, changed my life. It's, it's, it's brought, it brings people together. Um, anyone out there looking for your someone, just start a podcast. <laughs> really? That's, that's the way to go. Start the most niche podcast you can think of where you will only have one listener and then. And good things will come to <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So God's not dead for. Let's look at the reviews here we have. I, can, I don't know how to navigate. I'm having trouble too. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Here we go. We got some. Oh, we got a one star review. Let's see. Let's see if it's any good. Oh, all right. Here we go. Here we go. This writer, I'm not going to name them, says the worst movie to come out of this franchise. One star. They really went all in with the same exact rhetoric as the last three. Christians are oppressed when in reality they are the oppressors. (laughs) How bad can you paint an atheist to be? I've never met an atheist who did the kinds of things the atheists in these movies did. Honestly, watch it for just how terrible it is, but watch at your own risk. This movie may rot your brain. <laughs> I would not even recommend that you watch it at your own risk. No. This guy, this this review sounds like he actually got a pretty good deal. Um, one star. The disc is garbage. The disc played once and has not played since. <laughs> <laughs> just noticed it said the back of the disc was, that the DV was made. <laughs> 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 the DVD was made in Mexico. Now I see why it's so. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> to be honest, though, they did you a favor. You only had to see it once. Uh, let's see what we've got. Maybe I mean maybe that's like they sent this uh, went sent this movie down to like the production plants in Mexico to you know be distri- like get created and distributed, and they were all like, no, we don't want it. done. So they made just disposable DVDs for them. Yeah, and let's, let's, the let's see if we have any other good reviews. We need to remember to actually look at these reviews before we do. Mm. Uh, um, 
Oh, here we go. Freedom and Liberty by, by Big Pappy. <laughs> Another great movie in this successful franchise movie series. This one is so relevant to what is going on in this country with the government overreach of our individual rights that the government would love to control. True. Although this applies to parental rights for a Christian homeschool family, it applies in all circumstances and with all people. Government tyranny and abuse of power is just getting stronger. This is, he's just quoting the speech at the end of the movie at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we need to protect our, this guy. <laughs> it's, a, the mo- it's a true yeah. echo chamber. Like, yeah. The movie is the true edge of yeah. everybody's <laughs> feeding off of each other. Yeah. <sighs> well, oh, man. Any um, last thoughts or? No, I think that about sums it up I for us. I think it does too. Thank you for listening. And if you, you have movie recommendations for yes. us, you can uh, tw- uh, uh, communicate with tweet, us on Twitter tweet, or tweet send us an email. Yeah, Twitter's probably, at least for me, that's where I'm going to be the most active. Um, so yeah, I would say the same for myself too. Uh, send us send us that. Or, um, you know, if you have opinions about some of the movies, I would highly recommend you go back. This is Some people don't do this with podcasts, but if you're just starting, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to some of the earlier reviews we've done because there's there's some real gems in there that you may not have heard of um skip a little piece of heaven i mean listen to the episode because what a nightmare but yeah uh, don't don't ever watch that movie but definitely go back check out some of the older episodes Um, yeah and if you have thoughts about these some of these rate and review yep yes rate and review the episodes remember to smash that like button it's right. We're a grassroots movement, but we're looking to hit the big time. All right. Thank you for listening. Peace.